Hey guys, what's up? It is Greg Shrizavasti with Find Your Film. Here's another installment of our Cinema HodgePod or Cinematic HodgePod. And essentially what it is is every single week there's a lot of stuff that Bruce and Eric want to put on the on the show. Sometimes I want to put it on the show as well, but they're the, they're the main guys who are watching a ton of movies on a weekly basis outside of the purview of the program of the episodes. And I usually shut them down. Woe is me and bad on me for doing that. But anyways, a, a lot of that stuff will be saved is saved for the cinema hodgepod. And yeah, so that that's what it is. It's not garbage. It's not trash. These aren't something, things that are deleted or not put on the main show sometimes may be even better than what's on the episode. Case in point, the stuff that we have here on this in this installment. First off, we have Eric and his brother Steve Holmes. They are doing the Find Your Film game. I don't want to call it the IMDb game because I don't want to brand it like that. Maybe we'll have the head honchos over there coming down on us. I, we just like to quote-unquote call it the Find Your Film game. Eric Holmes explains it briefly before he gets into the Find Your Film game for this week. And it's a really... For this week, he and Steve, they they tackle a an actor, a, a star who is really ignored in the in the annals of cinema, and that is Bart the Bear. I'm sure, probably, I think most of you know who Bart the Bear is. Some of you don't know the moniker. You will know what, what he's been in. For example, Legends of the Fall, and I'm trying to think. Oh, the Bear. I believe that's directed by Jean Jacques Anode movie I really enjoyed called The Bear and Legends of the Fall and The Edge. Those are among Bart the Bear's most popular films. He he is, I don't even know if Bart the Bear is a he or she. Well, Bart, duh. Anyways, Bart the Bear, his career is profiled on the latest Find Your Film game between Eric and Steve for this installment. So that's what you're going to get first. And it's very easy to actually follow the game. Eric will explain it when his segment starts. Now, the second segment is our review, and not review, our spoiler discussion of The Book of Henry. As of this recording, it's currently streaming on Netflix. When It's directed by Colin Trevorrow, the director behind Jurassic World, what is it called, Dominion? So, anyways, Colin Trevorrow, he is the director behind The Book of Henry. When you see the movie, it has Naomi Watts as a mother, Jaden Martell and Jacob Tremblay are her sons. I think it's set somewhere... Where is it set? I think maybe somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Or anyways, it's set in the sleepy town. If you don't know anything about the Book of Henry and you sit and you think about those two child actors, this was, I think, made several years ago, four or five years ago. You, you might think it's a sleepy suburban family tale. Maddie Ziegler is in it as well. And Dean Norris. So it's Sarah Silverman, a really good cast. Okay. You think it might be some kind of sleepy coming of age family suburban drama. The Book of Henry is totally not that. It is a completely wackadoodle, I don't even know where this movie came from. Without giving too much away, if you have seen The Book of Henry, this is for you. This is us talking about what makes this movie crazy insane. All right? Now, if you don't mind spoilers, just listen to it as well. You can listen to it as well. And because we talk about, we I give a brief plot synopsis and then we dive right into the spoilers. And it is, I just thinking about this movie just makes my head spin in a good way, in a good way. So I think Eric coined the term three star banger, meaning a movie that's three out of five stars. Like we And we can't usually give it four or five stars just based on the overall quality of the movie. But it's a three star banger because it's just fun to watch. And The Book of Henry is one of those movies that I will continue to watch as a what what is it in not in memoriam at infinitum how do you say it I just in posterity i'll be watching this movie down the road if it's on blu-ray at my local dvd cd store i may purchase it it's one of those kind of movies that just i i will watch different sections of the movie and actually if you watch different sections of the movie you're going to yeah i mean look i, I don't want to spoil any look i'm just pretending that you guys haven't seen it so the, for the people who have seen it, I have the time code mark. Just jump right right to the time code and start listening to our discussion of the Book of Henry. But if you have not seen the Book of Henry, it is worth watching. 
right now. I will give a link down in our show notes where you can watch it on Just Watch, one of the streaming or rental services you can get it at. But as of this recording, it's streaming on Netflix. Go get it. Finally, our last segment is a very brief thing. It I asked Eric and Bruce a question about the ending of Cha-Cha-Cha. Cha 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 of Cha Cha Real Smooth, the movie that is Cooper Rafe's sophomore effort. Cooper Rafe stars in this movie with Dakota Johnson. We reviewed it on the latest episode of Find Your Film last week, but it's yeah, and it's currently streaming on Apple TV if you want to check it out. So watch Cha Cha Real Smooth, not Cha 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 Real Smooth. Watch Cha Cha Real Smooth. Get to that section, and we discuss the ending. And yeah, but if if you want to listen to it, so. The, the idea behind Cinema Hodgepod is it's not a real seamless podcast where you can listen to it from A to B. So I, that's why I have these t- timestamps for you guys can just drop in and out. Maybe one of these little ingredients that make this podcast will work for you, whether it's the Book of Henry spoilers or it's a brief discussion of Cha Cha Real Smooth or it's Eric Holmes doing the Find Your Film game with Steve Holmes and thereby actually spotlighting the work of Bartha Bear, which I think is really, really cool. Also, what's cool about this is that oftentimes I like to speed up Eric and Bruce during the show by going really fast on Find Your Film. And this one, actually, you get to see Eric just relax, talk about the movies and and his love for cinema and not be rushed by me on the pod, so uh, on the normal episode. Anyways, thank you guys so much. Also, if you want to actually have daily movie recommendations or just a community of really cool cinephiles, please join our Cinematics Facebook group. There's a link down in our show notes. I I do Blu-ray and DVD giveaways on the group. Most importantly, it is filled with other podcasters like Jason Kleberg from the Force 5 Movie Podcast. There's Peter Beta over at Middle Class Film Class. There's, who else is there? Oh yeah, there's also William Lindis over at at the Movie Bears podcast, Andrew Martin with Andrew Watches Movies. There's a bunch of podcasters and most importantly, a ton of cinephiles on this group. So you get a lot of great recommendations from guys like Joseph Bridges and Ken Cunningham and Matt Stillman, Angie Clark, just some really great people there that actually know a lot more about cinema than I do. So I am indebted to the members over at our group for just giving some great recommendations and insight on movies. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and supporting all three of us over at Find Your Film and our sister program or flagship program, Cinematics. So thank you so much. And again, a lot of our stuff will be housed once I start writing more on the website, findyourfilms.com. Take care, guys, and have a great weekend watching movies. Um, I'm Eric, and I'm here with Steve. Say hi. Hey, how's it going? And we're going to do another uh, Find Your Film game. Uh, basically, how you play this is pretty simple. Uh, you find an actor or director that you like and go on their IMDb, and you just go start with the movie at the top of their IMDb list. And right away, that's a winner. And then you go to the next movie and battle the two out, and then the winner of those two go on to the next one, so on and so forth. Uh, we've done a couple actors, a couple directors. We've got a very unlikely actor. Um, has been in quite a few really good movies and it's not a, it's not someone that you hear about a lot. In yeah. fact, I don't know, Steve, that, that, have you heard of this actor like at all? Yeah, I, I have. And when he came up, I was like, Oh, wow. I know him from another movie. Yeah. But I mean, like, you don't hear, like, you hear people talk about his performance, but you don't hear him say his name often. Right. And which is unfortunate because, uh, as you'll hear, uh, he's been in, he's not been in a lot of movies, but he's been in quite a few. And the few he's been in has been really good. And so, uh, the actor we're doing today is, uh, Bart the Bear. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's he, a, gri- he's a sleeper, if you will. Yeah, I believe he's a grizzly bear. Um, we can't open with this movie with uh, MC Ganey, Robert England, uh, Dennis Hopper, John Ashton, Paul Walker. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Meet the Deedles. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one to start with. And so what's Meet the Deedles going against? Uh, the Edge. 
Oh, the David Mamet joint. Yeah. Bart the Bear was actually great in that. He was, most would say he's pivotal without Bart the Bear putting on such a great performance that he does. I, I don't think it, there's much of a movie there. Yeah. And David Mamet is such a great writer that you don't get animals pulling off a performance like that with the words. He had some connection with Bart to really pull that off. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's pretty impressive. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to judge other bear actors, but I, I think, I think he might be one of the better ones. What, what else we got? For me, it's the edges winning, but I'm, I'm going with you. This next one, I'm not going to harsh him too much. I'm not going to harsh him too much because, uh, everyone needs a paycheck from time to time, especially when you're a bear. I'm sure it's hard to get work. Yeah. But Homeward Bound 2 lost in San Francisco. Yeah. He was, he, I mean, not his finest hour. Um, I mean, clearly the edges winning, winning this one, but you know, you got to give him, you got to give him his credit for that. You know, sometimes. And usually I wouldn't give uncredited roles, but since he is a bear, I think I'm going to, let this one slide just cause it's hard for him to get work. And I think he deserves his work. He put in whether it's shown or not 12 monkeys. I don't remember him in that. Wouldn't because he's uncredited. They probably cut it. Wait, was he, he played the bear, right? He, his character's name was bear. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of typecast in that one. I, I'm still on that. I'm still with the edge. Um, Me as well. I mean, Twelve Monkeys, great movie, but that that they didn't really uh, they didn't really let him shine in that one. I don't think. And after that is Walking Thunder. I don't believe I've seen that one. This next one, I be, I think he's gonna win over the edge. Is Legends of the Fall. Mm, okay, now we're starting to make decisions. Um, I'm sure you remember his character's name was the bear. Yeah. He was, he was the bear in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, typecast, but here, here's the thing about he's, he, even though he's typecast as a bear, he brings a different patina every time in every movie. It's almost like a different bear character. He's not a one trick pony. You can go any way you want to. More comic relief. He can go the scary guy. He can go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm surprised. It, it, can you look this up? How many times has he been nominated for an Oscar? Uh, let me look here. Surprisingly, none. That's that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, the greats sometimes don't get their. Uh, credit till they're almost done or are done all right well well uh, um so we're going with legends of the fall or the edge i'm going legends of the fall myself all right you know what i'm not gonna fight you on that yeah let's go legends of the fall and then everyone remembers his great role as the bear on deadly ground oh uh-huh, yeah the steven seagal yeah I thought he outplayed Steven Seagal myself. Yeah, and that's really tough for a bear to do, but I I kind of agree with you there. I can't, you know, I thought Legends of the Fall was a better movie, but just the fact that he upstages the lead actor in On Deadly Ground, I kind of almost want to go with that. I think that's very fair. Okay, so On Deadly Ground, what 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 do we got next? Once again, we're given a credit to an uncredited role as Bear in Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Well, they, no, okay, so we did franchise role, so we kind of already Yeah, but that. we also don't usually do uncredited. I just feel since he's, since people typecast him and he doesn't get much work, yeah. it's only fair to give him. I mean, that that was a movie that basically bought his den anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you can't begrudge him for that. Well, one would think. One would think. But yeah. wait, we got more. What do we got? 
So we're still at Legends of the Fall? No, I think we were oh, on, yeah, on, we on, Deadly, on Ground. Deadly Ground. So next, he played the bear in White Fang. Oh. You know, he, he was going, I think he was going a little method acting on that one. You know, he was kind of uh, just, you know, going, getting out in the wild, getting out of the Hollywood life and really getting down to his, uh, you know, natural roots. And, uh, well, you know, Jack London movies are usually pretty plain Jane shit. Yeah. I, I, I'm still leaning more towards on deadly ground, but I think the homeward bound is kind of that particular one was where he was really trying to stretch himself. I don't know that it quite worked, but I, I applaud his effort in that, but I, I'm still on deadly ground. I would go with you. This one I'm interested to see. He played the bear in The Giant of Thunder Mountain. I don't believe I've seen that one. Me either. I'm gonna have to check. I, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm a big fan. I, I'm I'm gonna have to check that one out. You you know who was the lead in that? Was Richard Keel. Who's that? He played the boss in. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh, okay. Yeah, the guns don't kill people. I yeah. kill people. And the narrator was Cloris Leachman. Okay. I'll have to give that a check out sometime. And uh, the next one would be, he was in a movie in 1988 called The Bear. He played the Kodiak Bear. Oh. So kind Wait, of... wait, he's a Kodiak Bear? I thought it was... Oh, jeez. Well, well, he switches it up a little bit. He's just kind of typecast for the most. Oh wait, is a Kodiak a grizzly? Not, not. I feel bad. I feel bad. I'm, I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a. He's a little racist. A little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm such a big fan. I can't believe I got the wrong species. This is kind of embarrassing a little bit. But next is the obvious winner. What's that? He played the bald-headed bear in the great outdoors. I mean, that was a comedic turn. It, it, it was, do you have anything before that? Yeah. Because that, that's the, at least the great outdoors. That's the one where I remember seeing him in for the first time and going, this guy's something special. Right. He's really going to bring stuff, you know, into, into film. And I mean, just the movies you listed, it's obvious. He, he just, he you know, just, most uh, actors, actresses, they have a lot of problem being nude. Yeah. And he's like, this is my breakout. And that's really what broke him out. He took a chance and it worked for him. Yeah. And he, he did his own stunts in that, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they had to, they had to rip his hair out, which was, you know, I and look for for a comedic performance like that, and then to be able to do your own stunts. Like he's just that kind of actor that's kind of like uh, kind of like Jackie Chan or Tom Cruise. Like he can just he, to he, he wants to get in there on against Dan Aykroyd. What I think is Dan Aykroyd's best performance. Yeah, told his own against that. Hats off, and John Candy for that matter. Yeah, but let's be real. Dan Aykroyd was the shit in that movie. I I. I, I certainly agree, but, uh, yeah, holy crap. So, uh, before that, there's a couple uncredited. I know we usually don't count, but once again, I want to show my, uh, support for him since he doesn't get much work. Berserker, he played bear. Oh, I haven't seen that one. And Benji the Hunted as bear. Hmm. <clears throat> Okay, I kind of remember a little bit about that because I remember seeing it at uh, Grandma's house. Like, I remember seeing Benji a lot. And I'd have to go back to that because I think that might have been like one of those, you know, when you see a movie and there's like a really famous actor and you go back to it and it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't know Christian Bale was in Newsies. This seems like one of those type of deals. And this one I'm also going to count, even though we normally don't do this. This isn't just because his bear role and he doesn't get much work. This is mostly because a lot of Westerns at the time were TV movies. Yeah. Rather than straight to screen. 
So I think it counts. Louis Alamore's Down the Long Hills. All right. He played the bear. Okay. And that that was like early. I, I'm, I'm really going to have to check out his earlier work. And, uh, two more uncredited, then an, another actual role. Uncredited as the bear in the clan of the cave bear. Clan of the cave bear? And then he's uncredited as the bear and Kenny Rogers as a gambler. The adventure continues. That That's a movie or is that a TV show? Oh, that's a TV movie. Sorry. Oh, okay. But the last one that he actually is credited for is Wind Walker as the bear. Huh. Right, Windwalker, Windwalker. Who click on Windwalker? Who who did that one? That was a Keith Merrill movie. Huh. That one sounds really familiar. With Trevor Howard, Nick Ramos. That's really all I got on that one. And that that one, he actually his character actually had a name in that one, or is that the uncredited one? No, he actually had a name. The name was the bear. Oh, okay. All right. I I th- I think he played the other guy. I mean, if you really think about Bart the bear, he he made it possible for like the bear in uh, the DiCaprio joint. Why am I going brain dead? Oh, the the revenant. That yeah. that that was a CGI bear, which is unfortunate because. Bart the Bear is such a such a natural talent and just a force within the within Hollywood that why why would you do CGI when you have is Bart the he's Bear a trained professional he knows what he's doing why yeah. CGI I wonder uh, shoot I didn't check is Bart the Bear even with us anymore I wonder if maybe uh, that has to be the case because in a world where Bart the Bear is still working why would you not have him. In your movie. Let's take a look here. Um, he died in on May 10th of 2000 in Park City, Utah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, rest in peace, Bart the Bear. Um, he was born the same year as you in 77 oh. in Baltimore, Maryland. All right, well, you know what? I, I wonder if that's why I feel a kinship in, with them. Like, you know, the, you know, all of us born in 76, kicking ass in 77, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Bart the Bear. That, that makes sense now why they would go CGI. But, you know, I'm sure there's other bear actors out there that could have, because as great as Bart the Bear is, I think he inspired other bear actors that really get out there and, you know, just, uh, you know, show off their talents. I think Bart would really enjoy us giving a shout out to his trainer, Doug Seuss. Doug Seuss? Yeah. Kind of his right hand man, if you will. I, uh, so I know with this game, like he's predominant, Bart the Bear is predominantly known as an actor. Um, but has, has he done any like writing or producing or directing or anything like that? Not that I'm aware of. I could look it up here. I mean, I I wouldn't doubt it just because his talent level is through the roof, obviously. Yeah. Well, because like, there's that uh, Guy Pierce movie, Ravenous. I feel like, and I don't know, because I, I don't know uh, that Bart the Bear has directed anything, but that seems like a movie maybe... They would kind of be in his wheelhouse. Although, if he directed it, you would think he would also be in it. He is credited for doing his own stunts in the clan of the cave bear. Okay, and he didn't get a he didn't get a stunt credit for the great outdoors. No, that's, that's... The only stunt credit. Oh, yeah. which is amazing because he had me fooled. Yeah. Well, th- now I'm kind of curious of who uh, Bart the Bear's stunt double was in. The great outdoors, or maybe, or maybe they just they just figure you got an acting credit. We're not getting. Uh, I I don't know how credits work with stunt people, but or they just did camera magic and shaved his bottom. Oh, uh, you know what? That could be the case. 
Yeah, I, so I don't that's know. That's not necessarily a stunt. But I mean, so it, at the end of the day, the great outdoors won this one. But I mean, look, dude, Bart the Bear's got such great filmography. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to begrudge him too much, but he was great in the great outdoors. And I look forward to uh, kind of uh, going back and filling in those gaps of his other filmography that I'm not quite aware of. Or, or maybe like, maybe the Academy one day will give like a lifetime achievement. I mean, it, it, the Oscars kind of suck, obviously, but I think if they did that, that'd be just kind of like a, like a little gesture for the Academy to say, you know what? We still care. Right. You know, we still care about talent. We still Give care about low credibility. Exactly. I mean, he, he, he brought art into a, uh, into, you know, he, he just brought art into movies in a way that no other bear or, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to say all animals, but certainly of bears, he's got to be at least top five bear actors. I would think. For me, he is always number one, but yeah, I guess it could be arguable. Yeah, but uh, anyway. Like it, Nell and Nell. Oh, who was the bear that was in Nell? That's an interesting question. Uh, Yeah. Let's see here. Because I wasn't a big fan of Nell, but I did enjoy the bear. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Bart could have probably probably pulled it off a little better but that bear was pretty good nonetheless i have to see unless that movie is too full of itself it doesn't even want to credit it oh maybe they're racist back then and didn't see that that's the thing hollywood tries to be so progressive or at least they put on a show you know they they say the words but then when it comes to when it comes to actually giving credit to wonderful bear actors, they just like, Oh, you're a bear. We don't have to, we don't have to credit you, which honestly is kind of bullshit. And you know what? That's probably why people don't talk about Bart, the bear. Like he has his credits. Don't get me wrong. But you know, the, the way that, uh, Hollywood just treats animal actors in general, um, as less than human is kind of disgusting. Really? And then even like the grizzly man, I can't really give him credit over Bart the Bear because Bart the Bear was a trained actor and the grizzly man, that bear was playing himself. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it was a documentary. So, you know, it's kind of like a, I don't know, watching that Beatles documentary. It's like, oh, Paul McCartney's really good at playing Paul McCartney. It's like, nah, he's just playing guitar. That's what he does. Right. But anyway. Um, I'm glad we got to uh, shed some light on a wonderful talent, Bart the Bear. Uh, rest in peace. I just found out. I, I had no idea that he passed away. Um, and you know that, that since Hollywood doesn't like to credit animal actors that much, I wonder if there's other movies that Bart the Bear's in that maybe we can uncover. I'll have to look in that. That's uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look in that. I have no idea. Yeah, well... Anyway, uh, congratulations, Bart the Bear, and uh, congratulations, The Great Outdoors, and we'll see you around next time. Hey, guys, we're back with a couple of spoilers. We're going to spoil the movie, The Book of Henry, directed by, you pronounce it pretty, really, really well, Eric Holmes. How do you pronounce Colin's last name? I, I've been saying Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow, right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, directed by Colin Trevorrow, the director behind the recent movie Jurassic World Dominion. And he, I believe he directed the, per, the previous Jurassic Park film. I think it was called Fallen Kingdom. I could be wrong on that. But this is the book of Henry. And this is what's interesting is as we're recording right now, the reason why we're recommend, kind of recommending it is it's streaming on Netflix, okay? This is a spoiler section, so you can dip out anytime you want. But right now, let's just start off with a plot synopsis. The book of Henry, it centers on the aforementioned Henry, 
play by what is his name again? I, I, I'll look up his name. He is. Um, I'm, I'm trying uh, to. I'm, I'm blanking. I'll look it up. I am. I am Jaden. Jaden Martell. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Bruce Brook. Jaden Martell. He plays Henry, and Henry is. I, I don't know what is he in seventh grade, eighth grade, one of these grades. He is a precocious guy. He is sort of a mini architect. He he likes to diagram things. And well, he's an artist. He can diagram so many things. He has different plans on his notebooks. The, the book of Henry features a lot of various plans on how to lead your life or how to proceed in this world. He cares about other people. He cares about his next door neighbor, played by Maddie Ziegler. He cares about his his younger brother, played by Jacob Tremblay. His Tremblay, I believe. His mother is Naomi Watts. She of the earbud fame of that drama, that school drama. What was that school drama? I forget the school drama that we covered. Bruce, if you remember it, tell me. But the school shooting drama. Don't forget that school shooting <laughs> drama. This time she has earbuds the as well. Run, run Naomi, run. Yeah, what was it called? I forget. Yeah, I don't remember. We'll look that up. Yeah, we'll look that up. But she, this time out, she's not running. She doesn't, she barely has any, well, the physical activity she has is she is a waitress at a local diner and she works with her buddy played by Sarah Silverman. Okay, and Sarah Silverman's good in this one as well. The one thing about the mother, the Naomi Watts character, is whenever she's done with her shift, does she is she taking care of her kids? Is she making dinner? Yes, but is she nurturing them with her homework? Well, the thing is, Henry is really precocious. He knows how to fix. He knows pretty. He's a genius. So she doesn't really have to help him with the homework. So what does she do with the spare time? She plays video games. She is a total gamer. While she she games more than her freaking kids. Her kids are actually more responsible than her. That is the premise about the book of Henry. On one hand, you think it's going to be a coming of age of maybe Henry. Maybe he'll because he's so smart. Maybe he's out of touch with society. That could be one. Or maybe he has problems with his brother, and maybe they bond at the end. That could be another story. Or maybe it's the mother. She's in a case of arrested development. Maybe she'll become a better mom when tragedy strikes. Maybe that might be part of the story. But you think it's going to be a family drama set somewhere in maybe upstate New York in the sleepy confines of this really nice suburban town. But then it gets absolutely crazy. And this is where you can dump off right now regarding spoilers. If you want to actually, if this movie is interesting, go check it out. We're going to assume now, moving forward, that... You've seen the movie or you don't mind the spoilers regarding the book of Henry. Let's start off with you. Yes, Eric Holmes. I was going to say, uh, before you uh, leave uh, for spoilers, the uh, Naomi Watts movie was The Desperate Hour. But the de- go thank on. you. Now okay. you can leave for spoilers. The, the, now, yes, The Desperate Hour, Naomi Watts. And they sh- should they watch The Desperate Hour, Eric Holmes, yes or not? Did you love it? I forgot. Not, it's, all, I, it's all right. It's, it's kind of silly. Kind of silly. Yeah. I mean, I think both you and I, Liked it a little bit more than Bruce Perky, but it, not enough for us to fight over it. Now, okay, so now let's get to the spoilers of the book of Henry. It seems, Bruce, it seems like a family drama and seems like a nice sleepy family drama. Maddie Ziegler is next door. Oh, well, Maddie Ziegler is kind of, it's kind of a weird situation because she's a classmate of Henry's and she might be being abused by her stepfather. Okay. And it, it sort of, turns from a family drama to something like a rear window Hitchcockian thing because he's looking through his window, his home, and he's seeing what's going on on the other window. So there might be a little bit of a Hitchcockian flair to it. And still, the movie's not weird. When does it? When did it get really weird and outlandish for you, ye of who has seen this movie twice? Well, I mean, well first of all, it... it, it the way you describe it is is right, but also you have to kind of give it the flavor of this is like this very heightened, extra tinkery, like super intelligent, precocious kid, which is almost uh, yeah, it's very very um, treacly, I guess you'd say. But but then uh, <laughs> he gets cancer, and it becomes his cancer movie, and then he dies, and then you're like, oh, before he dies though, he tells his little brother, make sure. Mom reads my red notebook and don't you read my red notebook. And you're thinking the whole time, you're like, okay, what's, what's exactly going on here? Is this going to be like the rest of the movie is going to be her discovering about her son through this notebook is be this kind of really saccharine thing. But, but and then, saccharine, but it, that trope that makes sense in the real world that we live in. Right. Right. And like they'd all discover, she'd discover how to have a better mom and she'd, you know, become the better mom to her son that's remaining and that she'd help the neighbors like become better. You could imagine it being this kind of fulfilling, like emotional, melodramatic second half of the movie based on the death of her son, right? That had all this promise. Well, at some point, well, <laughs> there's a ridiculous scene where she overly cooks 
only desserts. She's decided she's only going to cook desserts in her grief. That's ridiculous. But the moment when her, her, her remaining son looks over and sees the red notebook and starts reading it and goes, Mom! And starts yelling and comes and finds her, brings her the notebook, which is the hit plan to kill the neighbor father who's abusing the girl next door. And so begins the rest of the movie, which is a, a hit movie where he is training his mom through his notebook and through his recorded messages on a tape player, how to assassinate the neighbor. (laughs) And we're not talking about general broad strokes. This is step by step. Every single second way to to kill this father played by the stepfather played by Dean Norris from I believe Breaking Bad I believe it was a, yeah he plays the Gremlins uh, two Dean Norris from Gremlins two yes that too. I stand corrected <laughs> I stand corrected and he plays Glenn Sickleman the alleged abuser of his stepdaughter so Eric did the movie go crazy for you because uh, we're talking about the when he was when Jaden Martell's character he's in the hospital there Bruce there's a whole section in the movie which is, it yeah. turns from a, a family film to a sickly hospital drama. Yeah. So there's a genre shift right in the middle of the movie. A tearjerker and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. And then it turns into an assassin hitman, hit person movie. <laughs> in third. Did, <laughs> did it get crazy for you, Eric? Or was you just like, okay, well, uh, as- the weird thing is I was expecting like, uh, when I heard crazy, I was expecting like, uh, mad god after blue like that's kind of when i hear crazy that's what i think of uh but it's certainly john shifts hard um and and it doesn't even quite go as crazy as uh uh serenity because no. serenity goes to a place where it's like okay that we're not we're not in real we're not in real life anymore um so book of henry never goes that far but it's yeah the the idea that it's uh oh yeah here mom First, you got to take the uh, gun, and here's how you unload the <laughs> shots from it. Uh, the, it. I mean, it's it's definitely a stretch in uh, you know uh, suspension of disbelief, but uh, you know that kid, he is precocious, and he knows I, just what it makes to make a a pro blush. So, I oh god, it's good. <laughs> I would argue that this is more crazy and unrealistic because when the other movie we're not gonna talk about serenity but when it goes it totally goes to another world in a sense so that the unbelievability is actually explained whereas here it's trying to say we're still in a real reality and this is happening so i think in some ways it's more outlandish but i do want to highlight and i guess guess what you guys would think about this too to me the most fun and preposterous elements of the second half are he has the tape player where he plays it in his ears and his mom is telling him step-by-step what to do to the point where he's going this one point. She's saying, okay, go to the, go to the ATM machine, take this much out and then go to the next one. And if you do it fast enough, we can get a whole bunch of money out and it won't be tracked. And at one point he goes to the machine. She goes, okay, take the money out. All right. Now take, take a left. And he goes, and she goes, no, the other left. And I'm like, What? So she's predicting that he's going to take the wrong turn, and that's going to be a thing that happens in the movie. I, I believe that, though, because the way that they set up that mom character is like, all right, take a left. Oh, no, wait. No, mom. Other left. Like, I, I could that, – that, that was, like, ridiculous, but it was a character bit that I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, but it made it so funny because, it, yeah. like, he's basically, like, talking to her. It like and it's on a tape, but he's supposed to like real time. He's like, "Mom, I know you're angry right now, but don't get angry." You know, all this kind of stuff. And then I'll let you guys hop in. But my favorite line of the whole movie. This is the move. This is the line. And I heard it again, and I laughed so hard when I heard it the second time. There's one point where he's telling her to like just be fast and 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 secretive and get out of there. And he says, "Be like a ghost." And she goes, "Like you." <laughs> and I was just like, "That's." The piece de resistance of terrible writing right there. My my what the F moment for this movie is, okay, so towards the end when there's the juxtaposition of two events, which I I always love when there's two events at the end of a movie. There's the event with Naomi Watts trying to kill Dean Norris out in the middle of the – the back in the backwoods using the the treehouse and everything and, and she has the scopes and everything with the rifle. She's You're you're getting – you're wrapping up the tension to that. But – it plays off the actual 
talent show with Peter Carpenter, played by Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> she leaves in the middle of the talent show to set up shop to kill him, Dean Norris, and to to once she kills him, supposedly tries to once she kills him, she's supposed to get back in time for her younger son's show. And that's not the craziest part. Her youngest son's experiment or his his magic feat is to resurrect his dead brother in front of a friggin' audience. <laughs> right. I mean, what is this? It ter- suddenly turns into an Edgar Allan Poe, Annabel Lee story at the end of the movie. And the fact when he actually releases the chest and or, or something like that, if I recall, then there's just all these sparkly things that come out in the – in this, it, within the auditorium or within, and it's cute. It's a cute moment. It, it's a visual callback to him being surprised by his elderly brother, his older brother doing all the sparkles and stuff like that. So yeah, it's sweet, but the fact that the intent of, hey, I'm going to bring my dead brother back into a, to, in a crowd of strangers that I, I don't even know in, in a, in a school situation was pretty funny to me. It was just a weird moment. Eric Holmes. So there was, uh, in, uh, I think Greg, you probably brought this up uh, to us like off air, um, but the uh, writer Greg Hurwitz for Book of Henry mm-hmm. uh, wrote a movie uh, with uh, what the hell, Jason Momoa, called Sweet Girl. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And we covered Sweet Girl. I love Sweet Girl. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I love it. Yeah, I'm this like the Book of Henry, knowing that it's written by that guy. This feels more like a Greg Hurwitz movie more than a Colin Trevorrow movie. Yep. Because Sweet Girl is just kind, of, and it's weird. It's weird that these kind of work. Like they're they're silly and they don't make sense. But like I'm watching, like I'm watching Book of Henry, and I'm getting real emotional during the you know the early parts and even some later parts. And uh, the the weird stuff starts happening where like Henry's basically training his mom to be a, a sniper. <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, I'll go with that. Like this is for some reason this movie just brought me in, and it doesn't make sense. But um, no, I kind of I kind of want to watch the rest of the Greg Hurwitz movies yes. to see if the rest of his other movies go just take weird fucking turns or he, weird uh, genre just changes. Based on these two scripts, I would say I agree. I I want to I, I enjoy watching what he does, even though they're terrible. Well. My opinion, they're terrible, but they're terrible in like a, these almost approach three star banger territory. Yeah, I, they're not. Yeah. I don't. Well, I don't know. They're almost there. Um, I think it because does. yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. what he does, he does these things where he like. I feel like he's like, like if you're spitballing ideas with a friend, and you're like, that sounds cool. Hey, what if this happened? Cool, let's do that. So these movies are like that. Like no one ever told them no. You can't do that. Perfect example in this movie. One of the plot lines is that. The tape recorder of her dead son is telling her how to forge the documents. So when she kills the the stepfather, she will gain custody of the 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 daughter. Uh, just things like that are like like wow. Or even like this super genius boy. His plot is to use a sniper rifle from his own treehouse on his own property, which will I'm for sure will be easy to track backwards based on trajectory of a bullet that kills a guy. You know, so there's it's like stuff like that, which is like logic is not important in this movie. It's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool? What if this happened? Well, that'd be cool. What if this happened too? Yeah, let's do that. What if there's a sexy bearded doctor that's just going to show up for no reason? Yeah, hey, let's throw him in, man. Let's have it happen. <laughs> what yeah. if Sarah Silverman as the waitress <laughs> yes. decided to give one final kiss or maybe his first kiss to Henry? Yes. Just as yeah. a way of saying, hey, Henry, you're going to die. I'm going to plant a really cool smooch on you on, on your hospital bed. So... I'm so surprised there wasn't a sex scene in this and that <laughs> the way this movie rolls. <laughs> I also yeah. like that Bobby Moynihan showed up in this. I want to yeah. see him because he, he like he's not in this a lot. You know, yeah. he's got like the maybe owner or the man two yeah. five second scenes. Yeah. But like just those little the little bit that he was in there, I was like, I could I could go for some Bobby Moynihan in a drama. Actually, I could go for another Sarah Silverman drama because like she was yeah. kind of playing a weird character, but um, yeah. She was just about, a, I think the only movie she was better in than this was uh, the opening scene of Way of the Gun. <laughs> mm, I have to remember. Because where she just scene. basically just going nuts. Uh, but yeah. Even the terrible talent show was entertaining and weird, you know? Yeah. Like, no, this is a watchable and entertaining movie. It's just yeah. so weird. And 
I can't imagine someone who just wanted a nice family drama to actually have all of this unfurled before them. The fact that it's there is crime elements, there is possible a morality tale on should you kill your neighbor, <laughs> should you learn how to kill that kind of stuff, and it's I mean, not really a it's a story about grief mixed in with this, a story about how to kill someone. I I, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't say it's not a bad. Ba- it doesn't say it's a bad idea. It says it's only a bad idea because a kid came up with it. Yeah, I think that's the moral. Yeah, and she. Oh, by the way, Naomi Watts realizes. Oh, I'm so ready to kill him right now. It, I'm two seconds. Oh wait, this is the plan of a kid. Okay, it's. <laughs> oh yeah, you should know. He's your kid. You should know. It, he he is your kid. You gave birth to him. So you the just kid find who's him. made millions of dollars for you. And oh, planned I'm the whole thing out because you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. you know? oh, oh, and I'm sorry, your kid is about to die. You don't want, know when he wants to die. And he said, hey, hey, mom, can you get your financial statements? I want to tell you a couple things to do. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I can't be bothered with that right now because, oh, I don't want to be, you know, if I don't talk, to, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll put it off till later. She's just such an annoying person in this movie. <laughs> I love her as a person, I'm sure. But she, her character is a little bit annoying. What's good about this movie is I do like Maddie Siegler and – and that Dean Norris, all good. And, you know, Naomi Watts, she, she tries her best in this movie. I like Jaden Martell. And I have a soft spot for Jacob, Jacob Tremblay because he's very good. He's older now, right? But he's very good at playing weepy kids, like the kid, the kid from <laughs> Room, the kid from Wonder, and, you know, get the book of Henry. What a, what a triple threat of weepy little, little boys. So Eric Holmes, what are you, you going to say? I was going to say, um, this movie's kind of like a, kind of like a dream. Like, cause as I'm watching Book of Henry, and I'm like, okay, yeah, oh, I like this movie. And then, you know, I wake up from the dream and I try to explain the dream to someone. And they're looking at me kind of side-eyed, like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I start to think, yeah, I guess that dream didn't make much sense. when I was at, at the time, it felt, I, you know, I was in. But, uh, yeah, me and, me and C were watching this and we both dug it quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, this is fucking this old. Yeah, the, the more we talk about it, the more we talk about it. I was like, okay, I, I guess I get the bad reviews now, but yeah, at, at the time, like I'm watching, I'm like, this is like Serenity all over again. Yeah, because it's the difference between making it's people. This is the, the the line that's hard to draw for people. It's like you can make a quote bad movie, but it's entertaining as hell, and that's like your three star banger thing, right? Um, whereas you can make a bad movie that's just dull, or you can make a good movie that's really dull. So it's like there is something to be said for something that's very imaginatively wrongheaded and strange because <laughs> wrongheaded that is a perfect word because it's interesting it's it's entertaining in its own weird way and that's where I think that we are kind of coming down on this is there is some value to be had with something like this over a bland retread of something that just doesn't even try anything interesting. At least it's try it swings. The swings oh. hard for the fences. You know big what I mean? Qu- yeah. Big complaint at the end. Now, and I only watch the character. The mom, she has Maddie Ziegler now and she has Jacob, Jacob Tremblay. Maddie Ziegler has replaced Henry, who's obviously passed <laughs> yeah. away. She's now in the bed. And at the end, she asks them if they want their light on or off. And they both said, or, and they both say like, I think off. The nightlight yeah. off, and do you want it closed or open? And they both say closed. Oh, so they both say everything the same way and in unison. In the beginning, when Henry and his brother, they they both said it different. So, are you telling us, storyteller, that the fact that they said they both wanted the light off, <laughs> she's happier? Both, she, what? <laughs> what? So, I I don't understand that. That that actually that sequence actually pissed me off the most, but in a funny way. Like, <laughs> well, it's because you hate children. It's fine. I know, but I'm just <laughs> very good, Eric. But I was just like, what? So she I, just I, wanted two agreeable kids so she can play. <laughs> video games and not be bothered and just make desserts. I mean, she's yeah. a good mom. What are you talking yeah. about? And the Come only on. reason why she can do that is because her most disagreeable kid, who unfortunately had tragically passed away from from that tumor in his, in his brain, he he helped he helped basically fund the rest of her life with these great investments that has then her- died. So he's out of her way, and she got to burn all of his shit, and she's done with him. Good. <laughs> they needed to have a they needed to have a, a scene at the end with the the girl and the little boy, and uh, you know that that whole do that whole scene again. It's like. All right, well, good night, kids, and enjoy it because uh, I haven't paid the mortgage in, uh, since uh, <laughs> yep. since the old one died, and uh, now we got to find a place to live. 
<laughs> you know, this would be cool. It's like Naomi Watts. She goes up to Jacob Tremblay with her financial documents. Do you understand what any of this means? <laughs> you know, and then just cut, cut to black. <laughs> He's like, nope. Starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this movie is just all over the place. But I guess. Mom, it's, but I got mom, a magic trick for you, mom. <laughs> I'm mom, hungry, mom. I don't want any more cake. <laughs> why, why, why is it so cold in here? Sorry, kids. Uh, ever since Henry left, I, I I haven't figured out how to turn the uh, <laughs> turn the utilities on. So I'm just gonna. Have to... <laughs> Sorry, kids. Utilities are underrated. Better to have food on the table. So the, this is the book of Henry. Anyways, also, yeah. I, for for me, I think three star banger for me. Closer yep. three star banger for you, Bruce. And then three. Eric, yeah. do you agree? It's a three. This yeah. is a three star banger. Yeah, this is like a. Yeah, it, watch it. it. It's awesome. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had fun with this one. Better than Jurassic and, World. And I got to cry right? a couple times with this one too. So that that okay. was a that was a nice bonus during the ho- you you uh, shed a tear during the hospital moments. A I'm couple th- a couple times. That, yeah. There was more than a couple times it got me emotionally. And you know whatever. We'll we'll mention that Jaden Martell's a very good actor. Let's just say that as well. It's it's pretty much a known fact. And. Naomi and, Watch, she's had her moments, right, Bruce? Well, I'm just waiting. This is the second, or this is the first. I'm waiting for the third in her earbud trilogy. So I'm waiting for that to happen. <laughs> Does she act better with or without the earbuds? What do you think? Is her upscale acting when she's wearing the earbuds, Bruce? I mean, she does She does great bullshit movies with earbuds in, I have to say. So I'll go with those. Final question, yeah, final question you guys. How believable was she as a gamer with, with the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what is she doing to that con- that Xbox controller? Do you guys have any idea? Why is she well, playing Gears of War in 2019 or whenever this is made? Well, too much of this action going on. Right. Not, yeah, not enough of this action. Too much of this. She was the, yeah, I don't know. Basically, if you want to see folks, if you want to see Naomi Watts playing what the aforementioned Gears of War in a controller, that's another reason to see this interesting movie called The Book of Henry. Obviously, for people who, if you haven't seen it and you're, you're here for the spoilers, thank you. Tell us what, or if you've already seen it tell us what you think of the spoilers or or just the ending of the whole execution of the book of henry okay that's it finally before we go i have a question for you guys regarding cha-cha real smooth regarding the ending and i'm going to tell you what annoyed me in a second but my question to both of you and you guys can enter whenever you want at the end andrew pours his heart out to domino andrew played by cooper rafe domino played by dakota johnson and domino says well dude i'm Pretty much, I'm, I'm trying to live in the real world. I'm getting married. You're infringing upon my life. But the cool thing, like Bruce, you were talking about, like it, it's a very fully fleshed narrative. So she really appreciates what Andrew has to bring, the level of freedom, the liberation she feels whenever she's with him. Towards the end, my question to both of you is, even though they come to a, a sense of goodbye and a reconciliation, do you think in another world, Cooper Rafe could have ended his movie regarding a subversion tactic? Or maybe it's not subversion at all. Maybe have Andrew and Domino at the end together. Or is that too far-fetched and too inorganic regarding the ending where Cha-Cha real smooth, where they both go their separate ways? I I don't know. I, th- I think it could have worked either way. I, I think the way it worked out, though, like uh, just her, uh, just, you know, hey, we had our thing. That, that was cool. But, I'm uh, you know. I got, I got, a, I got families and shit to deal with. That that seemed like the that seemed like the I guess a responsible way to go about it, and probably the more realistic of the two. Mm. Mm. I I took it as her. She's finally grown up, and he hasn't yet. And the idea is that she is able to actually see in her life that he's the kind of person that isn't healthy for her. And it seems fun and exciting and and crazy to go off and kind of have this this more untethered life. But she's actually discovered that for her own like actual health and her own like emotional stability, she actually should be with the person she's with and not him. And she's actually kind of telling him because of their age difference, too, and their places in life are different, that he should be doing what he's doing. But he shouldn't be doing it with her. And it's kind of like, you know, the final bookend to the very first moments of the film, right? Where he's like a little kid and he sees the the woman at the party that's older and he thinks it's awesome. And, you know, that's kind of his fantasy. 
So I, I looked at it as that way. It's like her making a healthy choice for herself and ultimately for him too. It's very interesting. Do you think that she ever entertained actually up and leaving and tearing oh, her yeah. life apart? I think it's the same as it's like addiction, right? It's like a person who is trying to fight addiction and they really want to take a hit or a drink or whatever it is that their addiction is. But if they have finally come to a healthy point in their life, they know that even though they really want that and it seems really good, they're not going to do it because it's not ultimately the best thing for them. And I think that's where she was exactly at. The movie ends with the juxtaposition of images. We go to the wedding of Domino, played by Dakota Johnson, and her fiancé, Joseph, played by, I believe, Raul Castillo. They're at the wedding, I believe, their wedding and their reception, and they're, they're dancing. And it cuts to them dancing, and then it cuts to Andrew, played by Cooper Rafe. He goes out with a bunch of friends, and also one of his friends is Odea Rush, uh, his childhood friend. She plays Macy, and throughout the movie, obviously, there's that one movie, part in the movie where he has sex with Macy. But at the end, it's sort of inferred that he's hanging out with her and her friends, and who knows, they might be a quasi-couple, but both of them... Both of these people at different sections of their life, they're all dancing in a joyous moment. Eric and Bruce, did you think the movie ended as it should? Was it a perfect cap to the story? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I think that's exactly where it should have ended. Yeah, I really loved the ending of Cha Cha Real Smooth. Here's the thing that annoyed me. Do you remember what happens in the car with Andrew? Do you remember what happens at the end of this this car uh, this car sequence? That's the crying moment. I believe he cries a little bit when he sees when he sees uh, Dakota Johnson meeting, waiting for her daughter uh, Lola, played by Vanessa Burghardt, and you see him get emotional and cry. Did you? Was that an emotional moment for you guys? Did you, I'm not saying that you guys shed a tear. Did you find? Did you like that moment when he starts getting all teary eyed in his car? Oh yeah, I, I bought that. I bought that too, and I also bought Shit House. Okay, I also bought Shit House on digital. And what I did was I saw the final, rewatched the final 10 minutes of Shithouse, and actually Anderson mentioned this on the Cinematics episode. One thing that made Anderson cry in Shithouse is the sequence where Cooper Rafe is in the car in Shithouse. And no, no, Cooper Rafe is not actually in a car. He's sitting down on a, um, he's sitting down somewhere in the school building and he's call, I think he's calling his mother and his mother and his younger sister are in the car. And then he starts crying to them about how much he misses them and how he really all he wants to do is go back home and be with them and hang out with them. But right now he's crying and, and emotional. But, you know, he was just okay a minute ago. Okay, he was just okay a minute ago, but he'll, he'll be fine. But he's just crying because he wants to tell them how much he loves them. So my thing that annoyed me, and I don't know, maybe you guys will feel different, feel it more when, if you actually watch the, rewatch the ending of Shithouse, is he went to, the same, the same vehicle. He cries at the end of the movie. He unloads his feelings. Obviously, there are differences. He doesn't unload it on another woman. He unloads it to his, to his mother and his younger sister. And this, this time out, he, he says it to, um, this girl, this, uh, Dakota Johnson's character. So just that's the thing that really annoyed me. It's just going to the same bag of tricks. Or is it unfair? Because, Within the genre, what else is he going to do? Do you think that's an unfair assessment regarding comparing those two? He's not going to. He's certainly not going to put on a clown mask. And go. Hur, 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 wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you think I'm so being too I, harsh on that? I, I don't know. I, I think. I think. Um, I mean, well, first of all, both movies are real similar. They're written by, written directed by the same guy, starring the same guy. So obviously, there's going to be, uh, you know, similar beats in there, and. A lot of this kind of, you know, I mentioned uh, in the regular review, this felt like a dry, uh, shit house felt like a dry run for this anyway. So, yeah, yeah um, it, it doesn't surprise me, but it doesn't, I, I, I wouldn't count that as a mark against it just because, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, you're dealing with the, look, Top Gun and Top Gun Magnum, they're both going to have airplanes in them. And they're both going to have airplane crashes. In See, them. So I was going to compare. It's just kind of part of uh, part of the genre, I guess. I was going to compare Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. You know, the Evil Dead That's is like it has bad. a lot of the good stuff in there, but it's like a little lower budget and doesn't quite have it all fleshed out. Evil Dead Two just goes crazy, but it has some crossover because he's kind of taking those things he tried out earlier, but he's like blowing them up way bigger. So for everybody else out there, Cha Cha Real Smooth, Evil Dead Two, they're the same. 
You're right. <laughs> so don't don't get yourself in a knot about the fact that he cries at both movies at the same juncture at the end. It's it's yep. something like a okay, very very good. You know, I was thinking while I was trying to navigate this. Think about the ending of you know, who cares if it's spoiler now because people don't watch Woody Allen movies anymore. But I'm thinking about the end of Manhattan where where Woody Allen tries to woo back uh, what Marielle Hemingway before she goes off to somewhere else and and that's a romantic sequence. And then you you also go back to it's kind of similar to the ending several years ago of, with Annie Hall with the chance meeting of Diane Keaton. So different different kind of notes, different movies, but going to the same bag of tricks. So that is yeah. All right, we'd love to hear what you if you guys ever rewatch. Um, Shout out. Or maybe if he does it a third time, if he cries in the car or on the, on the pavement one more time, I might, I might in my own way cinematically cancel his movies. I just want him to do something different, even though I love both Cha Cha Real Smooth and Shithouse. Okay. That's it. Anything else? Yes. 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 What do you got? Are you kidding? Hugs and kisses. Come, come. Give us kisses. (laughs) All right, guys.